Hi, I'm Orlando Bloom, and you're listening to Two Star Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Two Star Podcast six episode spectacular. Uh, my name is Buff Fungus, um, and I am joined by Graham. Hello, I am neither Buff nor Fungus. No, I know. Um, but I am, so I thought I should mention it. Um, I thought we would start this week with a, uh, a Formula E update, as we are now the official Formula E podcast. Mm. Um, did you see the Formula E? Yes. Uh, I thought it was uh, very good, on the whole. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought the pit stops were stupid. They were ludicrous, but quite entertaining. Yeah, uh, and the TV graphics were useless. Yeah, they were terrible. They showed a, a, a split time every three or four laps, so it was quite difficult to follow. Well, and they were like yellow on blue, so you couldn't read them properly. Yeah, that didn't help. But yeah, no, on the whole, I thought it was a, it was a good, in, exciting race. Um, the cars seemed seem quick. A lot of people were complaining they'd looked very slow, but that's because people are used to watching Formula 1 cars and they're a quarter of the power, so sort of what you'd expect. But I, I thought I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed uh, Nico Prost um, trying to kill Nick Heidfeld. And then not well, giving a shit. Yeah, and then just walking off and thinking, that'll be fine. Um, uh, it did become apparent quite early on that the bodywork of the car is made from wet toilet paper. Yes. There were quite a lot of bits just falling off as people went around corners. Yeah, but that's what you want. I didn't even notice the fan boost. No, neither did I. Get everybody to vote and uh, decide who you want to win and then don't bother to tell you when they're using it or, or any sort of real information about it during the race. But, I mean, that's fair enough. Uh, no, I was but... also a bit miffed by the background music for the entire race. Yeah, it was a bit weird. I appreciate that there's no, like, engine noise. Yeah, well, there is. It just sounds like a load of remote yes, control yeah, cars. Yeah. It was ridiculous. But I don't really want sort of elevator music on while they're racing around the track. It's yeah, a bit... it was a bit off-putting. But, but uh, yeah, on the, on the whole, I thought it was a, a good series. And uh, Frank Montagne was brilliant, just overtaking everyone. Uh, there, was, there wasn't much overtaking. I was a bit disappointed. I thought they'd be able to get past. But, I mean, it's a street circuit, so you are limited to... Uh, the overtaking you can do, but Frank Montagne, apparently nobody told him it was on a street circuit and he just kept overtaking everyone. Well, and also I've realised that because they can they can obviously control the power of the car mm. um, and it's their trade-off of like, you know, you, you whack up to maximum, you have to pit sooner. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a very similar kind of trade-off to, to you know, any other motorsport, but in this case, it's kind of more significant because there's at the moment, there's no real advantage to messing with it too much because yeah. they've all got exactly the same car and the same power system it's not like they know that some cars well we we can get a bit more out of our batteries so you know we'll run a bit hot for a while and then we can get ahead of people and all the rest of it yeah um or you know well we'll pit earlier but then we'll nail it in the second half because you just can't really do it so there's not as much strategy as perhaps i might like mm. um, which i think also limits the overtaking because it's like well what do you do if you whack the power up to overtake we well, then you're going to turn it down again so that you don't drain your battery too quickly yeah that's but then true. the other person will overtake you yeah it's um, all going to come down to setup and being lower speed cars you don't have sort of the the downforce setup that you would get an f1 that can make a big difference it's uh, it's going to be fairly limited what you can do it'll be interesting to see with the other circuits but i think it will be more dramatic next season when they actually have different cars and different like engines um because it will mean there'll actually be some difference in the performance of the cars which means they can take advantage of altering the power to a bigger degree than they can now yeah definitely yeah but um yeah i think uh, nick heidfeld is pretty much guaranteed fan boost for the next race yep. and uh, nico prost is probably guaranteed not to get it at all yeah it, it was quite a dickish thing to do like yeah. i mean in the first place it was entirely his fault that the accident happened um i'm just conscious that uh people there's a slight chance people might listen to this and there's also an even bigger chance they won't have seen the race but coming into the last corner Nick Heidfeld had been uh, chasing down Nico Prost for about the last third of the race hadn't he since uh, yes, uh, yeah. since pit stops and he, he got into a position where he could overtake him on the final corner uh, so he went down um, and Nico just swerved his car into him um, Heidfeld hit a curb flipped upside down, went into the barrier, uh, Prost broke his steering, got out, just walked off, didn't bother to go over and see if Heidfeld was okay. 
and uh, then said he was being reckless and he hit me. Well, yeah. no, <laughs> yes, he, he, he was did, in my way. Yeah, he did subsequently apologise um, after he'd seen it on TV and thought, well, there's absolutely no way I can <laughs> yeah. claim uh, to be in the right on that one. Uh, but it's uh, yeah, it was wasn't great sportsmanship or uh, yeah, it was a bit bit poor but no I, I was surprised by how much the teams had changed from the advertised teams on the website yes um, yeah pretty much every uh, every team had a, at least one different driver to uh to what was on the, on yeah. the website up to the day before the race really so i'm still uh, curious i mean i, I didn't realize there's actually a long gap between the races there's basically only one a month yeah, um, yeah. So this in fact is worse this time because there's not one in October. So the next race is the 22nd of November. Yeah. Um, and then there's December, January, February is still to be announced on the, uh, the website, which is a little disconcerting. I'm sure they'll find somewhere to have it. Yeah. Uh, and then it goes on until June next year, which is the the final race in the UK. Where's the next one? Is the next one? It's Malaysia. Oh yeah. It's Malaysia, then Uruguay, then Argentina, then TBA. So yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely going to be it's definitely fun to watch. I just hope that they they kind of can sort out some of the TV problems. They had, you know they had two cars that didn't start, which was a bit disappointing. Like you'd, you'd think that they'd be able to manage that. Yeah, but well, I mean, in the first race of a new series, I suppose only two yeah, not starting is isn't isn't too bad. That's uh, yeah. No, that's true. Um, and they do need to do something about the pit stops because they're just silly. Yes, it is pretty ridiculous. Um, especially with everyone basically pitting at the same time because everyone's got the same car, so they have more or less the same battery use. Yeah. Um, yeah, on the whole, I thought it was it was good and uh, promising. I think, um, I mean, the, this first season is pretty much a kind of exhibition, just... just... Oh, it's demonstrating the technology, isn't it? It's like, this, look, we can do it. Then from next year, I think, I think it could be a, a genuinely good and uh, exciting racing series so i think that's pretty good excellent um so i'm, I'm, I'm the only problem is uh, obviously i suspect the malaysian one i mean the malaysian one will probably be a bit, a bit later but i'm guessing not by much because it's uh, i mean this one was on at what was it, eight o'clock start yeah so i'm guessing this one's probably be what nine maybe ten and yeah yeah i think so yeah um, unless they run it at a different time of the day. But I'm, I'm hoping that they have learned from Formula One that running a race in Malaysia in the early evening is a really stupid idea mm. because it pisses it down with rain all the time. Um, yeah, and rain and electrics are not good bedfellows. Well, and also, like as we said, they've got a little downforce. They're basically running road tyres. I can see it being ending up quite messy if they start aquaplaning. Um, so I guess we'll see whatever time it is. It doesn't actually mention on the website because that would be far too useful if they actually provided times. No, it's, it's mentioned at all. It just tells you what the population of the city is. Oh, uh, and what is that? Uh, 80,000. Is that all? Yep. So they're just running it in the middle of nowhere? Uh, west coast of Malaysia. I don't know Malaysian geography well enough to kind of know. What's the name of the city? Now I'm going to completely mangle the pronunciation of this. Uh, Putrajaya. Right, okay. So, basically, in the middle of nowhere, in a tiny city that nobody's heard of, uh, instead of in the capital. Well, I imagine they probably have it there. It's apparently located around 30 minutes south of Kuala Lumpur. Oh, fine, um, fair enough. And it's recently been modernised and is now a cultural melting pot. Now, of course, following on from that was the Formula One the weekend, mm. um, with the, the new you're not allowed to talk to your driver rules. Yeah, it's... Seems a bit stupid. I can see that the criticism was people were telling drivers brake a little bit earlier in this corner, try turning the steering wheel to forty eight degrees and things like that. And yeah, go go to this menu, select this option, change this. Like not even telling the driver what they need to do, just walking them through the menu options to adjust the things that the pit crew thought they need to do. Yeah, but um, if if the problem was the perception that people were thinking well, the drivers aren't doing it, they don't know what they're doing, they've got no clue, this is stupid. Surely just stop playing the radio on TV. Yeah, but I guess that doesn't... like That That probably further increases the perception that... like it's That that gives a perception they're trying to hide the fact mm. that... So I can kind of understand what they've done. I think they've probably been a bit too sweeping about it. And I think they went a bit too far with Rosberg by removing all ability for the team to assist him in any way. And his clutch. and Yeah, and the ability for the car to drive. Yeah. Um, 
but you know you've got to experiment with these things yep fair enough but mm-hmm. i thought the, the initial announcements of what they were banning was overkill it was basically everything you couldn't talk about strategy tire temperatures anything it was ridiculous but and they yeah it's got to be it's impractical like you need to be able to tell the driver something yeah but it, it wasn't even the fact that it was too much it was just we're banning everything and next races next week try and figure something out in time if they had um, i mean what they've ended up doing now is the original half and half isn't it yeah it's going to be from the beginning of 2015 but it seems it's just another one of those knee-jerk things that they do. Every time anyone does anything, it's like, oh, we must ban it for next season. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I, I agree it was probably going a bit far. Like, if you need to tell the... If basically, if you need to walk the driver through reconfiguring the car on the fly while you're driving, like, it's the kind of thing that either the driver should just know how to do it and what it needs doing when they're driving, or it shouldn't be done. Like, you shouldn't really have the team walking the driver through making minute configuration changes to the car on the fly. I think that suggests that the cars are overly complicated with the systems and things that the drivers can change. But you can't change that in a week, so you can't... No, no, I agree. you effectively ban... They say the driver has to drive the car unaided, but they're saying, well, you have to drive it, but... We're not going to give you any time to actually make it simpler for the driver. Yeah, exactly. So you're just going to say the drivers have got to use 90% of the of the, their ability, and that's worse than saying they they can be helped out. Yeah, it, it needed it probably needed doing, but as usual, the FIA did it in a stupid way. Yeah. Um, and their their excuses, they're listening to the fans because people are saying it's it's ridiculous having never listen to the fans. Fans are idiots. <laughs> that's true. But when they should listen to the fans and ban the double points for the final race of the season, they've steadfastly the entire time since that was announced said, no, we're still going ahead with that. Well, of course, because that was a decision that they made. So they're not going to backtrack on it because it yeah. would make them look silly. But yeah, like it's one of the things that I really hate about the whole thing, the, 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 the massive push now for crowdsourcing everything, the mm. wisdom of crowds. No, crowds are stupid. Like, you can get some, like, there's obviously benefits in certain circumstances to going out to a lot of people and asking their opinions and kind of aggregating it and, and using it for your data. But on the whole, if you go and ask a bunch of random people who are, say, fans of your sport, what they think needs doing, you're going to get a lot of stupid answers. Yeah. And if you just go and implement everything that a random fan suggests, you're going to ruin your sport. Well, if you well if you chose a random fan, then you'd probably be all right. It's the fact that they... Go to a crowd where you can have a crowd of very intelligent people that is very stupid. Well, and there's this weird idea. Like, I appreciate that it's a spectator sport, but that doesn't mean that the fans are best placed to tell you how to run it. Yeah. Like, there are lots of things that I'm sure the fans want to see in the sport, either added or removed or changed, that would completely ruin the sport. But that doesn't Mm. mean that it's a good idea to do it just because the fans would like it. Um. If they were really listening to the fans, then we'd have looped loops. Yes. And we don't. Yeah. So. No. There's no jumps either. No. A Formula One car produces enough downforce that it could drive upside down on the ceiling. I mean, they can do it in Mario Kart. How yeah. can they not do it? The technology's been there for... I mean, that was the Nintendo 64. So yeah. a Formula One car is significantly more advanced than an N64. So I don't see why they can't do that. I mean, I'd watch that. Yep. But no, they're far more interested in banning people talking to each other on the radio. But when we're in charge, uh, that's what it'll be. The entire race will be up, up on the ceiling. It'll be like yeah. uh, Skytrack from Gladiators. That would be pretty awesome. Uh, and they won't be in cars, they'll just be in Lycra. I'm <laughs> running. Yeah. On all fours. Yeah. If, How much yeah. longer has Jean Todd got as uh, head of the FIA? Um, I don't know. Uh, is it every five? Is it every four years, five years, something like that? So we've got we've got what three or three and a half years before we can uh, stand. Well, well, no. What we're going to need is you to be head of the FIA and me to be head of FOM. Okay, so we're going to have to get Bernie out of the picture somehow. That shouldn't be too difficult. I think if you just if you wrapped up a big parcel of money and just threw it somewhere, he would run towards it, and then you could have a box above that with a stick on a bit of string, and you could pull the string, and he'd get trapped in the box with the money. Okay, that solves that problem. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I think we can do it. I okay. don't see any reason why we can't. Right, um, brilliant. So we'll, we can start planning that then. Excellent. Okay, so give it a couple of years and we'll fix Formula 1. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, so I, I think we should move on from motorsport to the internet. Hooray! Because the internet's full of stuff, it's great. I've been on the internet. Yes, I've heard. It was disgusting. But there have been a few internet-related things um, that have happened this week. There was the second Nudie Pictures release, yeah, which apparently upset a lot of people, um, presumably the people whose Nudie Pictures it were that were leaked onto the internet. Did they get yours this time? Uh, they didn't. No, they oh, still don't want them. For goodness' sake! Um, I, I've even tried just put it, downloading the, the the Naked Pictures archives, adding my photos to them, and putting them back up on the Pirate Bay. Nobody oh. wants them. Well, that's actually made people stop downloading the real ones. It's a solution of some sort, I suppose, but it doesn't make me feel very good about myself. I think the nipple tassels were a bit much. Well, I was just trying to express myself through nipple tassels. <laughs> it's as good as any other way. <laughs> Yeah, and then there was the um, the rather bizarre Emma Watson naked pictures hoax, which might in itself be a hoax, that started to really make my brain hurt. So Emma Watson gave a speech at the UN. An excellent speech. Yeah, women's rights and and kind of the way that women are treated and trying to you know generally improve the the sort of attitudes towards women in in general. Which yeah. the Daily Mail then went and did a brilliant article where they basically talked about nothing but what she was wearing when she gave the speech, which I thought was pretty much spot on for them. What you would expect. Yeah. And then following this, a lot of people who have never felt the touch of a woman um started accusing her of only doing it because she's a tension whore. Mm. Um making comments about her how she should get back in the kitchen, uh, threatening to kill her and threatening to release naked pictures of her onto the internet. As you do. Mm. Um, and then somebody set up a website with a countdown on it called something like Emma Watson, your um, And at the end of the countdown, it was supposed to be, we're going to leak the naked pictures onto the internet. And then the countdown came to the end and it turned out that it was actually a PR stunt by some brand management company. Oh, right. And they they claimed it was an anti 4chan thing, and there's this whole thing on their website about how it was just like we have to shut down 4chan because it's ruining the internet. Mm. Um, but then, kind of, the more you look at it, you start to think, hang on a minute. I mean, there are some very stupid people out there, but nobody's this stupid. And like the the supposed letters that they've written to people aren't written very well, and there are lots of grammatical errors, and it's starting to look as though this supposed hoax release of the photos is in itself a hoax perpetrated by somebody else and not by some PR agency and you just start disappearing down a rabbit hole of just what the fuck is going on and what is wrong with these people so so what 4chan are doing this hoax possibly like or just somebody else entirely who is actually like trying to but it just uh, it made no sense whatsoever um, at this point, God knows. It could because I don't know if you know, but there are uh, 4chan has had a massive exodus of people um, who have been very upset at the decision to take down the first lot of naked pictures. Yes. Who have decided that 4chan now is no longer the bastion of free speech and pictures of tits that it used to be. Or, as I prefer to refer to it, the bumhole of the internet. Pretty much. And so have now formed their own splinter group and created a new board, which I think they've called 8chan because they're original. Jesus Christ. And so they are now trying to get everyone to leave 4chan and come and join them, where you can post as many pictures of other people's tits as you like. The problem is that you could shut down 4chan or 8chan or 16chan or wherever we end up. You're still going to get all of the wankers. And Well, this is the thing. Like, 4chan is not the problem. The yeah. problem is people that are doing it. The problem is utter twats. Yeah, like, whatever you do, people... Bellends will find some way to congregate and cause trouble for people, mm. um, irrespective of how many of their websites you shut down. Maybe this um, is how you can get um, your nudes leaked, is for you to declare war on 4chan, go up against them. Yeah, but then, you know, I'd probably just get, like, armed police turning up at my house instead, and I'd prefer to avoid that if at all possible. Yeah. Um, they're unlikely to be interested in naked pictures of me. You can wrestle in shit with a pig, but the pig will like it. Or, wait... Is that related to this, or have we moved on? I was just moving on. I was just seeing what you're doing <laughs> the weekend. Um, yeah, it's all rather depressing. And then on on the subject of of you know general horrible behaviour towards women, um, have you seen the uh, the Sam Pepper uh, controversy? Oh, is this this Jeb who's been touching women's asses and saying, "Oh, it's a funny prank." Apparently, he was on Big Brother. Jesus. One of them. 
and he then decided to become a YouTube star and he's got like two million followers or something and most of them are young girls because well, he's like 25 or something I thought he was 16 from the photo I saw of him but apparently he's 25 um, and yeah so he posted this video which was a like apparently he's done this series of prank videos which are basically all done with actors so it's not really prank um, but basically he was going around with a fake arm that looked like it was in his pocket um, so that he could kind of walk up to women on the street and talk to them for a bit and then feel their asses um, and then pretend that he wasn't feeling their asses. And somehow he didn't think this would upset people. And that was this year. This isn't from the 70s. No, this this was a few weeks ago. Fucking hell. Um, and then so he kind of refused to apologise and just kind of ignored it. And there were like a lot of people called for him to be banned from the internet and all the rest of it. And quite a few like affiliates and people stopped associating with him. And then somebody actually predicted that he would do this. Um, and he basically did it perfectly. He suddenly released a part two of three video, despite the fact the first video wasn't part anything of anything, mm. but he released a part two of three video, which was exactly the same premise. Only it was a woman going around squeezing men's asses without their consent to prove a point or something um i think he was mistakenly thinking that like people wouldn't say well that's just as bad um like you're still doing something offensive ah wait for the third video the third video will make it all clear and so i think either today or yesterday he released the third video which is a very ham-fisted attempt to claim that the whole thing was a setup from the start designed to showcase the whole way that men and women are treated and that, you know, it's bad to like pretend that you've got a fake arms so that you can touch women's asses in public. But it also happens to men too. If you tell a woman to do it and pay some actors to be men and film it and put it on YouTube. I see. But it was all, it was social commentary and experiment to show yeah. people's reactions to these things so they could reflect on them and not a desperate attempt to spin this into something that isn't, he's a horrible human being who has previously like he has a history of, yeah. of harassing women and like touching them up inappropriately no but it's fine um, the whole thing was a build-up to yeah. this big reveal that oh isn't this awful yeah basically it's it's like it's really really pathetic yeah. um but like what's really kind of worrying about it is the number of his fans that have been supporting him the whole way through and as i said a lot of them are like you know young teenage girls mm. um who are like you know, oh, he's just having a bit of fun going around harassing women in public. You know, nothing, nothing like a bit of sexual assault for a, a light joke on a on an evening. A good uh, fun bit of uh, rape. What a lovely yeah. laugh we all have, aren't we, yes. fun lads? Well, it does. There does seem to be a disturbing trend of male YouTube celebrities whose basic gag is that they like either sit and they either, they like video themselves playing computer games with their mates while making rape jokes and like get millions of followers it's 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 funny because it's really sad it's classic bants it yes i believe i believe that's what you say when you're trying to excuse terrible behavior you don't get the bants because you're not a you're not a lad you're a you're beta am i okay does that i that mean that i i feature complete but i have a lot of bugs uh i assume so because like people who say they're alpha I think they're trying to refer to alpha male. No, I think it means that they're, they're missing a lot of features that the full product would have. But they, they put people down as being beta. They say, well, this guy like respects women and stuff. He's beta. I think, well, beta comes after alpha, so that's better. Yeah. Beta, better beta. Yeah. Butter. These people just don't understand software development? Dickheads. Uh, but yeah, that's the depressing hole of the internet. Hooray! Uh, yeah, nothing good has happened on the internet this week. It's all been shit. Uh, a woman got a third boob implanted. Okay. But she didn't. It was a hoax. Okay. Are you sure you weren't just watching Total Recall? Uh, no, but, I mean, that's exactly what it looked like. But there was um, a woman called Jasmine Tri-Devil. Right. Um, and it went round a few websites uh, that she had said she was fed up with men coming onto her and you know treating her as a as an object she didn't want to date anymore because men were assholes so she uh, got another tip put on to uh, repel people has she uh, met men <laughs> yeah exactly but 
then it was updated. I think today or yesterday to uh, say it's it, she has, it hasn't been announced. It was a hoax, but um, the website dropped some hints, such as um, her domain name is registered to um, somebody who runs a massage parlor in Florida called Golden Touch, which on their website says it's a provider of internet hoaxes since 2014. So. Right, <laughs> pretty clear, but it's, it's not. It's an odd, it's an odd side business for a massage parlor to have. Massage parlor, internet hoaxes. Well, it also says it's a specialist in massage for three-breasted women. Okay, <laughs> I think that's, uh, I think that's the that, that probably nails it, doesn't that's it? Confession, isn't it? But yeah, that well happened, but then didn't. And the other one that amused me is uh, you're a big um, hip hop aficionado, aren't you? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you'll be familiar with um, the works of Grandmaster Flash. Of course. So on Facebook, a lot of people are tagging themselves as Grandmaster Flash when they're trying to write Grandma. Is that because it's it's also completely to Grandmaster? Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, so apparently it's been, it's been going for quite a, quite a long time, but you get some uh, lovely messages like "Happy birthday, dear Timmy! Uh, how old are you now? Love Grandmaster Flash." <laughs> and um, Hi, Gabrielle. I loved our ladies out day. You have my love and best wishes. Love, Grandmaster Flash. One of my favourite ones are the ones uh, that are tagged Grandpa and Grandmaster Flash. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's that's been happening. And Grandmaster Flash has uh, has commented and he says, yeah, I've noticed that's been happening quite a lot. <laughs> he seems seems amused by it. Uh, but So if, uh, if Grandmaster Flash has wished you a happy birthday, it might just be your grandma. That's disappointing. Yeah, I was. You know, it, it would be. I think. I think it's better to believe that Grandmaster Flash just goes around wishing random people happy birthday. Well, he should start now, and yeah. uh, he he should go around with his grandpa wishing people happy birthday. Everyone who has he's been uh, incorrectly tagged in their post, he should go around their house with his grandpa and say happy birthday properly. Yeah, I think that'd be nice. I did see something that somebody was, was just one of those kind of random things that you see that somebody's decided to do for no appreciable reason. And basically, they were going around finding kind of obscure bit part actors from various films. So, you know, like Man in Cafeteria or, you know, whoever it might be. They just kind of had maybe like one line in a you know film at some point and just finding them on Facebook and then just like sending them a message, like saying, you know, good job in Transformers, just to kind of see what responses he gets from people. And it kind of is a little bit stalkery that he's tracking mm. these people down on Facebook. But at the same time, it must just be really weird if you like if you just did like a you know a bit part, one line in a film like ten years ago because they happened to be filming in your town or city and you just kind of went along to an open casting, and then just like out of the blue, somebody just like comes and goes, Oh, he he did a really good job as builder number six. <laughs> uh, it's one of the, the marvels of the internet is that you can do things like this now because you can just go onto IMDb and just like look up a list of everybody who was in every film ever. Yeah, I suppose it's um it's a nicer way to use technology than uh, threatening to kill women. Well, I mean, yeah, there are only so many hours in a day. You've got to add a bit of variety to your schedule. Yeah. Okay, so we've established that the internet is not entirely shit. Yeah, um, mostly, mostly but, but not completely. So, have you been doing anything interesting this week? Um, no. Excellent. You? That's what I like to hear. Um, uh, not really. My washing machine broke down. Oh no! About the most exciting thing that happened. Although it is, it is just this week and next week are like the the starting weeks for new TV series in the US. So I have been watching a variety of like pilot episodes for new shows um, to see if any of them are any good. Did you watch Gotham? I have not yet watched Gotham. It's it's on my list. I watched that and I thought it was pretty good. Ben McKenzie, who I think is brilliant anyway. Have you seen Southland? I haven't, no. Definitely watch that. Um, it's uh, an LAPD sort of drama. Sort of, right. sort of fly on the wall, but also not they don't labor that point and make it that that's just how it's sort of it's filming style but um ben mckenzie uh plays like a rookie cop he's partnered with um uh like a i don't know what his rank is but um like a, a more senior street officer who's who's showing him the ropes and stuff um and he's he's just 
one of the best characters I've ever seen on TV is this is this older um, this older guy. Um, I think there's four series, I think maybe maybe three, um, and I rattled through the whole lot in about two weeks because it was just brilliant. I was I was watching three episodes a night. Um, just on the iPad in bed before I went to sleep, just because it's so compelling. So definitely watch that. But um, yeah, Ben McKenzie's playing uh, James Gordon in in Gotham, and he was he was absolutely spot on for the role. He was uh, yeah, got it absolutely nailed on. Um, there are a few things that weren't quite right, but that it had the sort of the classic pilot thing of we need to get every single character that's going to be yeah. um that's going to be there and so riddler was there for i think about 30 seconds and he didn't need to be they could have done that later on but it should settle down a bit after episode 2 um but i think yeah i think it could be really good it's um it, it felt the city felt like gotham which i think is the most important thing to get right in something like that yeah i think that you've got to nail the tone otherwise mm. it doesn't really work uh, no, it's, it's on my list. I will get around to, to watching it. Um, one of the things that I watched is um, called Scorpion. Um, and it is, as it proudly trumpets at the start of the first episode, it is based on true events. Excellent. Which, having watched the first episode, I find highly doubtful. Oh, cool. Um, the basic premise is that there is this group of four people who are basically, you've got... Um, a hacker, a maths genius, a guy who's basically like Darren Brown, but also mental, um, and a woman who's like a electrical engineer kind of thing. And they're kind of, they are just sort of living out of a warehouse and they can't hold down jobs because they're all like either autistic or compulsive gamblers or very violent. Um, and then the Homeland Security turn up and say, please, will you help us? Because a plane's, all these planes are going to crash if you don't help us. Um, and so they go to a diner where they try and stop the planes from crashing by hacking into the air traffic control system and replacing the software. But that doesn't work for various tenuous reasons. Um, and so they realize that the only way that they can get a copy of the software is from one of the planes um, but the planes have really bad wireless. So the only way that they can do it is by getting a plane to like do a fly past at like 100 feet at an airport. But then that doesn't work. So then what they do is they get into a Lamborghini <laughs> and they drive along the runway while the plane does the fly past and the co-pilot drops a, a, an Ethernet cable out of one of the wheel hubs, which they then plug into the laptop in the car and download the software onto the laptop and then so, save planes. So which bit of that was inspired by true events? <laughs> no clue. Yeah. Um, it was, like, I think it, it could, like, if they just go, fuck it, we're not even going to bother trying to be, like, even vaguely believable here. We're going to have, like, you know, Lamborghini Ethernet cables in every show. Um, it could be worth watching just for the entertainment value. Hmm. Um, but it was possibly the most ridiculous thing I have ever seen in a TV show that is ostensibly grounded in reality. Fair enough. I so, will, uh, I, yeah, I think I'd, I think I'd heard the name and uh, mentally noted that that might be something I would watch, but then forgot all about it. But that sounds, uh, well, it sounds terrific, frankly. If, uh... <laughs> It was extremely entertaining, if completely mental. Um, The other one that I started watching, which has actually been on for a couple of weeks now, is on BBC America, and it's called Intruders. Right. Um, And it's got um, John Sim in it. Oh, yeah. Um, And it's a kind of weird invasion of the body snatchers sort of thing, where people start acting really weirdly, um, and then it, like, seems to turn out that it's dead people who are coming back to life and then like occupying these people's bodies um, right. it's it's been quite good so far um i think they're five episodes in being that it's john sim i'd recommend not watching the final episode because <laughs> the final episode of everything he's in is terrible did you did you watch um it wasn't oh yeah it was life on mars it was i, that was the I first never one. watched it I, yeah, I it was really good except the last episode well, it wasn't even just the last episode. It was the ending. They just completely fucked, and 
it, but I mean, it's a bit spoilerific if I say what happened. Yeah, but yeah, no, don't. He, know. He, um, and there was another one uh, that he was in uh, on Sky where it was him and uh, some other actors. You'll be surprised to learn. Uh, I've ah, forgotten okay. who they were, uh, but they were they were all in um, like Spain or something, and then they piss off a gangster. And uh, Ooh, I he starts remember. trying to kill him. Uh, I want to say straw dogs, but I don't know if that's a different thing. Mad dogs. No, oh, that's it. Yeah, mad dogs. Yeah, and that was again. It was pretty good until the ending, and it went shit, um, and just had a stupid ending. So they could make a second series, which was rubbish. Uh, well, I might might not watch the end of it then. Um, but I've been enjoying it so far. Like BBC America seems to be doing some really good original TV shows lately. Um, like I'd always just kind of thought of them as like the American kind of arm of the BBC that just repeats Top Gear, yeah, Top Gear and Doctor Who, yeah, that's um, but they've actually started doing original programming now specifically for the US market, but oh, right. mostly featuring British actors, yeah, um, and they've they've done some quite good stuff. Uh, and the other one they did was um, Orphan Black, which is really good. It's about mm. clones. And has uh, an actress whose name is going to escape me. I have to look it up. Um, who basically plays like twelve different parts in it, um, and is very good in it. Tatiana Maslany, probably got that pronounced horribly wrong, um, but she's she's um, yeah, she plays like ten different parts. But yeah, they uh, they're actually doing some quite cool original programming, mm-hmm. um, which is generally finding its way back to the UK at some point. Hmm. Um, but I don't know whether I mean I haven't I don't know whether this intruders is, is gonna show up on the beam at some point. I imagine it probably will. You'd assume so, wouldn't you? I guess if it's successful enough or if they like need space, you know, they have their space in a schedule to fill somewhere. But at the moment it's all, you know, Great British Bake Off and Strictly Come Dancing and I don't know, there's probably other stuff on the BBC as well. No, there isn't, that's it. Oh, just non-stop repeats of um, like like they used to do with um, was it E4 whenever Big Brother was on when it would just be like the 24 hour yeah, yeah. like rolling Big Brother camera channel yeah it's just people it's just like um, a camera fixed on an oven with a cake very slowly rising yeah um, well you know if people are watching it and it's obviously popular enough what I do quite like about this time of year is that Channel 4 seem to get some quite good films on on Saturday and Sunday nights um, they've got uh what did I watch the other night? It had Denzel Washington and Ryan Reynolds in it. If that helped, oh, Safe House was. Um, I'd seen it before, but that, that was yeah, that was that was good. Film. I mean, Denzel Washington could just sit in a chair and say nothing for two hours, and I would watch it. It, it was yeah, it was it was a good film. It was um, Ryan Reynolds is this sort of CIA junior agent who works at a South um, a South African safe house, um, and they cap, uh, the CIA capture. Uh, Denzel Washington, who's like this um, ex-spy who's gone rogue um, and he, he killed some people he shouldn't have done and, and just just fucked off. Um, but then he gets uh, he gets on the wrong side of some uh, some baddies and he goes to this safe house and says, "Yeah, you need to uh, stop the baddies getting me." Uh, but then the baddies get in, so he goes off. Uh, Ryan Reynolds um, has to like take him to this other place, which is like out in the middle of nowhere. And then uh, Denzel Washington escapes from him, so he has to chase him down and stuff, and uh, a lot of driving cars around and shooting stuff. Um, but yeah, it's quite a good film. And then uh, this weekend is Magic Mike, which is male strippers. Can't remember who's in it. I think is it Matthew McConaughey one. It's Matthew McConaughey and was that it? guy who was in GI Joe. Oh, Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. How is he not a wrestler with a name like that? I don't know. That's weird, isn't it? Uh, but yeah, and, he's uh, only one step removed from Buff Fungus. Well, it's true. I don't know if it's even that far. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, that that's on this weekend, so I'm going to watch that. I don't know if it's any good. I haven't seen it, but I've heard it is. And uh, Matthew McConaughey sort of went from being a bit shit in romantic comedies but being paid a huge amount of money to suddenly being the best actor who's ever lived. Which Yeah, well, he's in, he's in um, that... What's the film? The, the um, new Christopher Nolan one... Um, Interstellar, is it? Oh, yeah, that's Inter- it, yeah, something. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, he's just suddenly turned up in everything. And it's yeah. just, it is just one of those things where suddenly I think somebody, like, has a kind of breakout role where they do something unexpected and everyone's, everyone's suddenly like, oh, actually, they are quite a good actor. They're not just capable of doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Um, I think it's a problem when actors get typecast 
you can find a situation where everyone thinks they're shit because they play the same role in every film. It's just like, well, they're just being themselves. Obviously, they can't act. Yeah. They're just playing themselves in every film. And then they go and do something unexpected. You're like, oh, oh actually, no, they can they can act. What they need is the, the Gerard Butler two roles thing. So he's got the uh, taking his top off and bellowing at people um, and hitting them. And then he's got the romantic comedy side to it as well. <laughs> it's, seems uh, It seems to be both bases covered there. Yeah. Oh, uh, Liam Neeson's got a new film coming out. Guess what he does in it? Does he kill people? Yeah. Wow. But like, he's really old, isn't he? So that's the that's the good bit because uh, like he's he's old and he kills people and beats them up in that. Is, does that make it good? Oh yeah. Do you remember the first time you saw Taken? Yes. Wasn't it brilliant? Yeah. And then did you watch Taken Two? I haven't seen it. Don't. It's fucking awful. Well, I just thought, like, it's one of those films which should never get a sequel because the premise doesn't lend itself to a sequel. Yeah. Like, you know, the first one is like, you know, ah, oh, well, you've kidnapped my daughter. I'm going to go and rescue her. And then it's like the next film is like, oh, you've you've kidnapped another member of my family. This is getting a bit boring now. Can you stop kidnapping members of my family, mm. please? Because part of the appeal of Taken was undoubtedly that Liam Neeson was suddenly hitting people and everyone thought, wow, that's brilliant. But... Now that he's been doing it for... When, when did that come out? Four or five years ago? And now he's just doing it over and over again. You think, well, m- maybe maybe go back what? to like acting. Taken was 2008. Jesus, six years ago. He was obviously in the A-Team, um, where yep. he punched people. The A-Team uh, was surprisingly good. It was, and I think the main reason it was surprisingly good was because they didn't try and make it gritty and realistic yeah. like they do with every other 80s property that they remake. Yeah. It's like the reason that things like the A-Team and Quantum Leap and Knight Rider were so good was because they were cheesy and a bit shit. And they knew that they were a bit cheesy and a bit shit. And they didn't take themselves too seriously. And so when they like did the Knight, the Knight Rider remake where they made it gritty and realistic and, you know, it's like it doesn't work. No, like, but... it, was, it was David Hasselhoff in a leather jacket with a fucking perm and a talking mm. car. Like, you can't do that gritty and realistic. Nope. Uh, the A-Team just... They, they knew exactly what he was doing, got it spot on. I really enjoyed that film. But Yeah. yeah so he did... Um, was it uh, something where he lost his memory? Um, Unknown. Unknown, yeah. That was yeah. sort of, well, you know, that was the second album, wasn't it? But then there was one where, one where he's on a plane, and that was the same. He hit some people. Uh, he was in Battleship, apparently. Uh, I have refused to see that. Same here. Obviously, he was in Taken 2. The Grey he was in, which is same sort of thing, except it's slightly more interesting because he's hitting wolves. Yeah, there was that one with the plane, but I can't find it on here. Uh, I forgot what it's called. It was balls, though. It was just dull. Yeah. The problem is, when the whole selling point of a film now is, look, it's Liam Neeson, he's hitting people. Yeah, we've been seeing that for six years now. We can can move on. That's that's fine. The good news is that Taken 3, or... Tack 3N is oh, in post-production, as is Ted 2, which he is also in. Yeah, Ted was quite funny, but I don't know. Didn't it, was, a it was pretty hit and miss. Yeah. Like, it had its mo- it had, it had really funny moments. Yeah. But a lot of the references, I think, probably because we didn't... Like, obviously, it, it was aimed at people who grew up in the 80s, but specifically people who grew up in the 80s in the US. Yeah. And I think a lot of the references just passed me by because... I wasn't American. What I found with um, Ted was that all of the jokes that worked were really funny, and the ones that didn't work just completely fell flat. It was it was all. To be nothing. fair, I find that with Seth MacFarlane, like a yeah. lot of his stuff just isn't like it's not only it's not just not funny. It's like you just kind of sit and think, that's why did you ever think that was funny? That's just either stupid or offensive. Yeah, like there's no humor there at all. There's there's um, no middle ground. It's either yeah either brilliant or just complete completely missed it there's there's yeah. no just sort of oh that's quite funny fine but yeah but i suspect that ted 2 will probably be stretching the premise a little too far so that's something to look forward to i think it's another i think it's another film just didn't, didn't do a sequel yeah i watched oh what's it called uh tom cruise uh groundhog day edge of, edge of tomorrow yeah and that is the best film i have seen for years it was absolutely brilliant uh it was everything about it is great and um I didn't get around to seeing it at the cinema and I kind of built it up and thought I'll probably end up being disappointed because everything I've heard about this sounds brilliant. The trailer was great and it was even better than I thought it was going to be. It's uh, highly recommended. Um, Just one of the most enjoyable films I've seen for a long time. 
Oh, cool. I, I mean, I, it was on my on my to watch list. Bump it right up to the top. Okay, dokie. I shall do that. Yeah, like there's there's been quite a good a few good films out recently, and now there's kind of a bit of a a lull. I think. Yeah, it's a bit of a lull up till Christmas now, isn't it? Really. Yeah. Oh, somebody's commented on our website. Oh, excellent. I I'm sure it's not going to be a spam. Uh, no, it's it, it's definitely not. It's uh, the comment is. They your style and also the plastic toe of the feet forbids <laughs> wear from the event you scraped the tarmac. Some wise words there. Yes. Um, oh, the, I, I probably should mention that the author's name is Ugg Boots Outlet. All right. Cool. Um, right, well, now that we've covered sport, the internet, cinema and washing machines, I think that's pretty much everything. I have uh, one question for you. Okay. What would happen in theory if i picked one person probably a neighbor because that would be easiest but just somebody i could see every day but i don't know and threw an egg at them what would actually happen i guess it would depend on the person like i imagine some people would just be confused and a bit pissed off with you and ask you what the fuck you were playing at yeah and i imagine other people would like run over and punch you to the floor yeah fair enough so i would choose somebody who wouldn't hit me but if i just threw an egg at somebody they'd be really pissed off and they'd tell me not to do it again but how long do you think it would take of doing that every morning for somebody to take action and what action can they take you can't can you stop somebody from throwing an egg at you every day well i mean i imagine that you would like if if it was if you started doing it every day then a sensible person would call the police but what are the police going to do? It's technically assault. Oh, that's true. Okay, what if I just threw an egg just on the ground in front of them every single day? It could still be harassment, I suppose. Oh. Like, it could still probably do you for like harassing them, public nuisance. That would it would take months. I could I could throw a lot of eggs in that time. Have you like acquired a lot of eggs illegally that you need to dispose of? No, I was just I was eating an egg the other day. And my neighbour was outside my window. <laughs> and you just and thought, I wonder what would happen if I threw this at him. What can he do? He can't do anything apart from hitting me. That's that's a thing that you probably don't want him doing. Yeah, no, I was, that's why I didn't throw the egg. But, I mean, if if I knew he wouldn't hit me, he can't... If he went to the police and said, this man throws an egg at me every single day, they wouldn't they wouldn't get off their answers to come and arrest me. That's ridiculous. I they guess just... you'd probably you'd go to the court and you'd get like a, a restraining order. But who can be bothered with that? I think they would just accept the egg. Well, I guess it depends on the person. Again, like I yeah. said, like some people probably would. So I'd need to choose somebody who is fairly lazy. Yeah. Because I want the inconvenience of having an egg thrown at the ground near them every day to not be quite high enough to overcome the apathy, well, not apathy, but the, the bother of actually going to court and... see the problem is if you're just throwing it on the ground near them and not at them then after like a week you're just gonna get used to it and they're just gonna start ignoring the egg that gets thrown by yeah exactly because there's no inconvenience associated with like well, getting the egg on your clothes or if i threw it just where they were about to walk and they had to sort of walk around it uh, yeah maybe i suppose that would kind of keep them having to that, that would keep the frustration up rather because than... even if they went to court and got a restraining order or what could the court do if if they said don't throw any more eggs near this person. Well, I mean, I guess they could impose conditions like potentially a fine or jail time if you broke the restraining order. But that, and that's all they could do. They could. Well, I, I think all they could do, including jail time, is quite a big thing. Yeah, but how long would I be in jail for? I don't know, but I'm going to guess a wild stab that you probably don't want to throw eggs at people so much that you'd be willing to take jail time for. No, it. I don't want to, but. I mean, if they, they would fine me for harassment and give me a restraining order presumably you could ignore that and refuse to pay you'd the end fine. up on like you know britain's worst neighbors or something <laughs> on itv4 i'd probably make some money out of it but they, if they sent you to jail they're not going to put you in for longer than a couple of months and then you come out and just start throwing eggs again all that all the person could do is move away from me you try to lower property values in your area <laughs> well, no, I just, just buy up all your neighbor's houses and knock through i was just thinking it through thought all they uh, could logically do is either accept it and just think oh this is my life now and if they were with somebody else and somebody said what the fuck are you just gonna let that guy throw an egg at you they wouldn't even have noticed it anymore they would just be so used to it or just be oh yeah that's graham he throws eggs at people or it would escalate and we'd end up just throwing 
bricks to each other. Ostrich eggs. That's the only logical conclusion to that. You've put a lot of thought into this. Well, it would be quite good fun to throw an egg just at somebody every single day. And the only thing that is stopping me is social convention. It would it would start to get a bit expensive if you're doing it every day. Yeah, eggs cheap, mate. I'd get a chicken. Pure. So you would buy and home a chicken purely so that you could then... I'm pretty sure that chicken wouldn't lay enough eggs for you to be able to throw one every day. You'd probably yeah, one a day, a few isn't chickens. it? Chickens do one, one egg a day. I'd grab it out of the chicken's bum hole and throw it to my neighbour. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of effort to go to just to throw an egg at somebody. I admire your dedication, don't get me yeah. wrong. I mean, I'm not going to. This is all hypothetical, but if I did choose to... Which is as well, because you've got quite a damning trail of evidence here. Well, yeah, that's true. I think premeditated egg throwing is a lot more serious a crime. Yeah. Malice of forethought. I wouldn't try and hide it and deny it. If the police came round at 8.30 when I th- when I do my egg throwing, and they said, you're going to throw that egg? i say, well, yeah, this is the time that I throw the egg at this man. And they say, if you do it, we'll arrest you. I'd just do it. They'd arrest me. I'd go to the police station and I'd come home. And do it again the next day. They can't. They can't prevent this. This is just one of these sort of weird loopholes in the law. Society is this close to collapse. All it takes is you. All it takes is for people to start throwing eggs. So, start throwing eggs. Your homework for this week is buy some eggs. Find somebody relatively non-violent. I just realised that I've just basically started Fight Club. I've started Egg Club. And. Uh, go, well, we can't talk about Egg Club, so we better wrap it up. Fair enough. Uh, oh, there's uh, one other thing I nearly forgot. Um, it's uh, We're very excited to announce our first live podcast, which will be occurring in a pub near Torquay. I've forgotten the name of the village that we're staying in, uh, but it's a thatched cottage uh, pub. Live podcast. Tickets are, how much is a pint of beer? Three pounds? Well, it's probably not going to be that much. And... Well, yeah, okay, two fifty. So tickets two fifty in the form of a pint of lager that you have to give to us. Uh, so come down and you can hear us uh, doing our podcast. With special guests. Special guests, Dan and Hayden and Chris, who, well, I'm assuming they're, we haven't booked them, but they're going to be there. And they're not going to have a choice in the matter. Yeah, we're just going to start recording them, so... So that's, uh, yeah, so get down to uh, a pub near Torquay on Excellent. when Friday the 11th of October. Jesus Christ, October already. It is, isn't it? It's depressing. This is some bullshit right here. How did this happen? Oh, it's the 12th as well. No, it's not. Is it? September. I was looking at the wrong month. It's the 10th. So it's neither of the above options. It's a miracle you've managed to organise anything. Yeah. Uh, and the pub has got a thatched roof, which will go on fire before the end of that weekend. I guarantee you that. Which we will have nothing to do with. Don't even say, I think that in itself is probably damning. So You can just cut it out, it's fine. Okay, cool. They Your Style, and also the plastic toe of the feet, forbids wear from the event you scrape the tarmac.